Back in the summer, we had thirst days. If you're visiting with us, they were on Thursdays, and we would have a have a fellowship time together where we would have a youth devotional usually, and and, and play some games and do some things like that. It was Thursdays were fun. Uh, we had a good time together on, on Thursdays. One of the Thursdays that we had this past summer, Rusty Hills from the, from the Portland congregation came and, and he spoke in a really good message to our young people. The message to our young people was, was basically this. Uh, you can be a lot of things in your life. You could be doctors and lawyers and farmers and, and teachers. And, and there's a lot of different things that you could be in your life. But what he would hope that you would be was an elder or a deacon or, or a Sunday school teacher or, 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 or a youth minister. Or, you know, there were other things. The church needs people like that. We need young people who, who want to be elders. I mean, you, I mean, you're starting now thinking about doing that. You're starting now thinking about, I wonder what it would be like to be a deacon. I wonder what it would be like to be an elder's wife or a preacher's wife. You know, I mean, thinking about being leaders in the, in the congregation. Not only that, there are, what Brother Shockley, he, he's not here right now, what he calls young people, he calls young people my age, okay? Young people of my age, you need to be starting to think about that too. I mean, the church needs elders, and they need deacons, and they need preachers, they need Bible class teachers, and, and, and you know, that's us, that's now. That's even now. The church needs leaders. Church needs leaders. And that's good. But the church also needs good followers. To be a good leader in the church, it starts with being a good follower. Okay? Let me explain to you what I mean. Are you a good leader? Society prizes its leaders, doesn't it? Society prizes its leaders to be inspired, to be inspired to do more, to be inspired to to work harder. To be all that you can be is desirable. It's desirable to become a, a leader yourself. And that's what many want to do. They want to become a leader in their chosen vocation, in their chosen sport, in their chosen congregation. Napoleon Bonaparte said, a leader is a dealer in hope. A leader is a person who influences, if you look at the chart, a group of people towards the achievement of a purpose. Three Ps. I found this this chart to be very helpful in preparing for this sermon uh, today. Three Ps. Person, people, purpose. You have a person that's committed to a purpose, all right, and they influence other people to achieve that purpose as well. That's a leader. That's a leader. Are you a leader? John Maxwell says a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And he says that people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. I believe we have a leader in Jesus Christ. Don't you? I believe we have a leader in Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus was, is a person committed to a person committed to a purpose to save the world from sin. And he influenced me, he influenced me to achieve, to achieve that purpose. 
So I am a follower of Jesus. That's me. Are you a good follower? Are you a good follower? When I was young, the song is still played on the radio, John Cougar Mellencamp, I fight authority and authority always wins. We've heard that song before, haven't we? Is that you? Are you always fighting the man? Are you always fighting the man, not leading, but being a really terrible follower too? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus knows the way, he shows the way, and he goes the way. And he tells us, he tells us so that we can, when needed, transition from a leader to a follower. And a follower to a leader. And know the way and show the way and go the way ourselves. To begin to be the person that Jesus needs to commit to his purpose. And influence other people to achieve that purpose. You must be a good follower. And buy into the person and purpose of Jesus. So you can have this vision. His vision of going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That was, that's his vision. And we need to buy into that vision. And me as a person, I need to influence people to achieve the purpose of my Lord and, Savior Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but I also need to be committed to that purpose of seeking and saving the lost. To be a leader in the kingdom of God starts with being a good follower. Following is, is very simple. Following is very simple. If you remember the first Karate Kid movie, remember the first Karate Kid movie? Not the one with, with Jada or the Smith boy, not, not that one, not, not, not the newest one. I'm talking about the old one where Mr. Miyagi did this and he rubbed his hands. You remember that one. What did he say? What did he say about a teacher, a good teacher and a good follower? Teacher say, student do. Right? That's very simple. That's what a leader does. Teacher say, student do. That's what a leader and a follower does. Our leader, our teacher, our Savior, Jesus Christ, clearly commanded in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And this is a command, folks, follow me. Follow me. This is not a suggestion. This is not something that you just might do if you've got a hankering to do it. Jesus commands that we follow him. Jesus commanded, follow me. And as good followers and disciples, we are to obey our Lord and Savior, Jesus Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our master. We're to be committed to what he's influenced us to do. Jesus said, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Jesus commands. The disciples obey. Jesus sets the example as a, as a good leader should for us to, to follow. Christ suffered for us, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, and left us an example to follow in his steps. Jesus says, follow me in evangelism. And we need to do that. Mark 4, verse 19. 
Follow me, he told those fishermen. Follow me, a command, and I will make you fishers of men. When we follow, we are shown how to be leaders. I follow the person, Jesus Christ. He influenced me to achieve his purpose of saving the world. And now I influence others to believe and be baptized and to be saved and to perpetuate the the leader-follower model that Jesus left for us to follow. Jesus said, follow me in living. A disciple of Jesus wanted to follow. Matthew 8, 21. But first he said, let me bury my father. Jesus said to him, follow me. Let the dead bury their own dead. Look, when when it comes to family or friends versus Jesus... Choose Jesus. If you've got this quandary in your mind, okay? If you've got a quandary in your mind, oh, my family or my friends or, or the church and, and what's best for it. Oh, my mom or my dad or, or, or my Christian brother or sister. What the world wants me to do Or what Christ wants me to do. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus Christ. We are followers of Christ and live our lives that way. That's what we do as Christians. Jesus said, follow me in your priorities. In Luke, this parallel account in Luke of what we just read in Matthew, right after Jesus makes the statement, let the dead bury the dead... Luke 9, verse 61, another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are in my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Look, 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 you've become a Christian. You have a job to do. Why do you want to go back into the world again? What's waiting there for you? That's so much more important than what Jesus wants you to do. It's a safe and familiar world back here, isn't it? It's comforting back here, isn't it? You know what's going on back here. You know what you can expect around the corner back here, don't you? But you will not be counted worthy if you continually stop and start again. You know, my weed eater at home, it's got a problem. There's something going on with it. I don't know what it is. It'll start, but I'll get to going real good and stop on it. And I'll get it going, it'll start right up, and I'll get to going, and stop on it. Well, that's a worthless tool, isn't it? I can't get anything done with a tool like that, can I? What do you think Jesus thinks about us when we start and stop, start and stop, start and stop? We're not being a good follower. Jesus said, follow me. 
follow me. A good follower will set their priorities with, with the one that they follow. Jesus said, follow me when it comes to family. Matthew chapter 10, if, if you turn there and read that, Matthew chapter 10 verses 32 through 39, that's some of the hardest teachings in Scripture. Probably the most straightforward as well. Basically, if you confess Christ, He will confess you. And if you won't, and to be His disciple, you can't put anything or anyone else in front of following Him. If you won't, He he doesn't accept you. You've got to put Christ in front of everyone and everything. That's a jagged little pill for some folks to swallow. To find your life, it's a paradox. You've got to lose it. To find your life, you've got to lose your life. To find out who you are, you've got to lose it for Jesus. Jesus says, follow me. In evangelism, follow me in living. Follow me in priorities, in, in your family. Even in your family, with your little babies and your, and, your, and your husband and your wife and your mama and your daddy and your grandparents. Jesus wants you to follow him. Get your priorities right. Get your living right. Follow me, Jesus says. Even in giving to the rich ruler in Matthew chapter 19 verse 21, Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be perfect, Go, sell what you have, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. That's another command. Yet another imperative command. We sing the song, Jesus paid it all. What's the next line? All to him I owe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. We owe Jesus everything. He paid it all. Jesus said himself, it's better to give than to receive. Jesus says, follow me in your giving. Follow me in your compassion. Notice, in Jesus' charge to the rich man, Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, don't just give what you have, don't just give it away. What you have, just don't give it away. Give it to who? The poor, he said. Give it with, with a purpose. Give it to the poor. The poor will always have with us. We must make up our minds to be compassionate and follow the compassion of Jesus Christ or, or just not. Right? What's the old saying? Get busy or get out of the way? What it all really boils down to is back to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. If you want to follow Jesus, like Jesus, you've got to deny yourself. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Now, I heard somebody say this tonight. The problem with a lot of folks today is they're selfish. Selfish. They don't want to deny themselves. They will not deny themselves anything, no matter who it hurts. Jesus is not first in their life. 
selfishness run rampant is what much of our society is made up of. If you want to follow Jesus like Jesus, you've got to deny yourself. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, Luke 19.10. God became flesh, John 1.14, and dwelt among us for a little while. And Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Jesus commands us to follow him in his denial and in his humility. Jesus is committed to the purpose of seeking and saving the lost. By his words and his teachings, preachers, parents, song leaders, those who, those who pray have been influenced to follow and achieve his purpose of seeking the lost. I have then become committed to this purpose because of all these people, because of what the scriptures say, and now try, like my Lord, to influence others with God's word to achieve the purpose of the one that I follow. Jesus Christ, his work becomes my work. Jesus Christ, his life becomes my life. His priorities are are my priorities. Because I'm influenced to achieve the purpose with which he was committed to. He has led me to that. Because he's a good leader. And now it's up to me to influence others to achieve this same purpose. Because I'm committed to that too. Jesus sets the example and said, as I've already quoted in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Are you following Jesus? Are you a good follower? I asked you if you were a good leader before, but like I've said, to be a good leader, you need to be a good follower. Are you a good follower? Are you following Jesus? Have you obeyed the commands? Follow me. Have you obeyed that command? Are you following Jesus? Are you committed to achieving the purpose of Jesus Christ? Have you been influenced to do that? Have you heard and do you follow the voice of the shepherd? Yeah? That's, some follow the voice of tradition. Some follow the voice of, of, of liberalism. Some follow the voice of false teachers. Jesus said, you follow me. You follow me. What can we do? What can we do to be better followers? Well, to be a better follower, number one in my mind, is to begin to follow where you are found. In John chapter 1, verse 43, Jesus found Philip. As you can see from the... From the screen, Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Jesus was committed to a purpose and he influenced Philip to achieve that purpose. Now look at verse 45 of, of John chapter 1, of John chapter 1, verse 45. Philip found Nathaniel and introduced him to Jesus and then Nathaniel believed. You see what happened? Philip became the person who influenced Nathaniel because now Philip was committed 
to Jesus' purpose and he influenced Nathaniel to achieve the purpose that Jesus was committed to. He became a leader as well as a good follower. Begin to follow where you are found. Philip became a follower and a leader, but he started looking for others right after he was found. To be a better follower, we need to do the same. We need to do the same. To begin, we need to begin where we're found, and we need to start looking ourselves. We need to put our, our head on a swivel, always looking for, for others to, out, to reach out to. Even like this morning, the, the lady who was 108 years old, and for 30 years her daughter had been talking to her about the Lord, and yet she found an opportunity. And the lady obeyed the gospel. To be a better follower, we also need to seek for lasting treasure. One thing you lack, Jesus told the young man, the rich young man in Luke 18, sell all and you will have treasure in heaven. A big influence in my life is the fact that this isn't all there is. This, this life that I live in, this isn't all there is. There is an after this life eternity in either heaven or hell. And the one I followed influenced me by his word that if I want this promise of eternal life, I've got to follow him. To be a better follower, I need to start following. I need to seek for lasting treasure to, to be influenced I need to stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. The classic example of this is Peter. Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, was restored. He was shown mercy by Jesus in John 21. And Jesus commands Peter in John 21 verse 19, follow me, commands him. And like a child, Peter looks around at John and says in verse 21, but Lord, what about this man? Has that ever happened in your house? You, you with young people? Has that ever happened in your house? Well, Mama, he got one. What about me? Peter looks around, but Lord, what about this man? Jesus said in verse 22, Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Don't worry about what he's doing. Don't worry about what's going to happen to him. You follow me, Jesus said. Notice, notice this. Notice Jesus, the person, he influences Peter. Peter became a monumental leader in the church, didn't he? Sheep follow the shepherd. You do what... You do what Jesus says. Before Peter denied Jesus, Jesus said he had to go away. John 13, 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. And Jesus was talking, Jesus was talking about his redemptive death here. And Peter did. He followed the Lord in his life. And because of Peter's leadership, he influenced many, including me. By what he wrote in the New Testament to achieve the person of who he followed, Jesus Christ. To achieve that purpose that Jesus Christ had. To be a better follower and thus a better leader. You've got to count the cost of being a follower. 
Back to Matthew chapter 8, verse 19, the scribe said that he would follow Jesus. He said he would follow him anywhere. Did you say that when you became a Christian? Did you say that? Did you say, I'll, I'll follow you? What does it carry? We can, we can sing a lie just like we can tell a lie, can't we? We sing it all the time, don't we? I have decided to follow Jesus. Are you lying? Anywhere he leads me, I can safely go. Do we, do we lie when we sing that song? Jesus has never misled us. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, Jesus says to one, I'm homeless. Basically, I'm homeless. To, to leave it all was what it meant to follow Jesus. You want to follow me? I'm homeless. You want to go where I go? I don't have a place to lay my head down. How about that? Will you follow me now? Same thing he told the rich young ruler. He said, he said sell it all. Do you love your, all your stuff more than you do Jesus? Do you love your job, the thing that buys all the stuff for you more than you do Jesus? Do you love your friends? Do you love your family? Do you love your hobbies more than you do Jesus? Maybe it's your lifestyle. Maybe you're, you're, you're not ready to give up your lifestyle to follow Jesus. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's, that, maybe it's that secret sin that you think nobody knows about. Maybe that's what's keeping you. It's made you a slave, hasn't it? Having your, having your hobbies and, and your job and, 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 and your wants and your wishes, haven't they, and your secret sins, haven't they all really just made you a slave? You can't serve two masters. Can you? So who are you going to serve? Who are you going to follow? Jesus says you got to give that up. You got to give that up. Here's the cost. John 3. You've got to go from the darkness to the light. Right, Matt? You got to go from the darkness to to the light. A lot of people don't want to do that. It's safe and comfortable in the darkness. The light shows all the flaws. We got new lights up here now, you know, and it's showing everything about me. Brother Cliff said he can see my ex- the expressions on my face at least now. The light shows the flaws. Nobody wants to come into the light. They want to stay in the darkness where it's cool. If you stay there, it's to your own detriment. But if you've become a Christian and you go back to it, that means you didn't count the cost, did you? Didn't count the cost. If you don't count the cost, you pay the price. Sometimes you need to get radical if that's what it takes. Sometimes you need to do some radical surgery. You know, sometimes they've, for, for, for people Dana's been involved with at the hospital, they've done everything. They've run every test. They've done everything. And they have to do the most radical, and that's surgery. 
They didn't want to do that. They were going to try every other test, every other means by which they could find out what was wrong with this person and they can't find out. So they've got to do something radical. They've got to perform surgery. The last step. Sometimes we need some surgery in our spiritual lives. We need to get radical if that's what it takes. You may have to quit that job. You may have to quit that job that interferes with your service to the Lord. What? what a, Matthew 6, 33. Lord, take care of you. If you put Him first, He'll give you everything you need. Food, clothing, shelter. If you put Him first, seek His kingdom first and His righteousness and all these things. That's what He was talking about. Food, clothing, shelter will be added to you. You may have to let those friends go who lead you astray all the time. Maybe you could ask others to come and help you with these friends, but we know that sometimes you've got to change playmates and playgrounds to get where God wants you to be. That secret sin, that secret sin that nobody knows about, maybe you and maybe, maybe somebody else, they might know about it. Let me tell you something. God knows about it. Pay the price. Let it go. Get it out of your life. Get radical with it. Take some surgery. Take some, take some gumption about yourself. Be a Christian. Be a real man and a real woman and get it out of your life. It's sin. It's dragging you down and it's keeping you from following Jesus Christ, the Master, the Savior, the only one that can save you. Out of your life. Paul told us, Acts chapter 14, verse 22, we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. What, you, what have you gone through? What have you gone through for God? What have you followed Jesus into? So many times, as, as followers of Christ, we want to go bury the dead. We want to go bury the dead first. Let me go bury the dead first. Let me, let me go bury my. Let me go bury the dead first. And we forget the influence Jesus has had, and we lose the commitment. We lose the desire to achieve Jesus's purpose, and and we neither lead nor follow. And and some just need to get out of the way. If you're not going to lead and you're not going to follow, just get out of the way. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I really don't. I don't mean just leave the church. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't, don't say the teacher, the preacher stood up the pulpit and said, you just need to leave the church if you're not going to do anything. That's not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying. You need to regroup. Maybe you just need to get out of the way. You need to examine yourself. You need to regroup, recommit. That's called repent, regroup, recommit. Repent of the way you've been living. Repent of not being a good follower. Repent of not being a good leader. Consciously or unconsciously refusing to follow Jesus when He's commanded you to follow Him is a direct violation of the command. Do you understand that? Consciously or subconsciously. 
To not obey Jesus when he says, follow me, is a sin. It's a sin. And it'll send you to hell if you don't do something about it. Follow me, Jesus says. Some of you need to repent. Some of you do. You need to recommit to achieve the purpose of Jesus. Some of you need to follow. You've, you've been found and you've been commanded to follow Jesus. Everyone in this room is, is affected by this command tonight to follow. Don't think I've just stepped on your toes. I've stepped on my own toes too. Everyone in this room is affected by this command tonight to follow Jesus in, in one of three ways that I want you to recognize. Here's the first one on, on the screen right now. You are following Jesus. You are committed to seeking the lost and influencing others to do so as well. That's who you are. In fact, Revelation chapter 14 verse 13 speaks about you. It says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. You need to keep working. This is you. You're doing great. Jesus, you've been, you've been influenced by Jesus Christ. And you're going out there and you're influencing others to achieve the purpose that Jesus Christ has set out for us to seek and save the lost. And you're committed to it too. Keep doing good. That's the first person we want to talk to tonight. Number two, you've lost your commitment. You've lost your influence. You've lost your commitment and your influence with your family and your friends. And your drive to help secure theirs or anyone else's salvation has fallen flat. You need to repent. You need to repent. Number three, the command to follow me by Jesus has just now hit home. It's just now hit home. You can begin to follow him today. It's my hope that you've been influenced through the words that we've read tonight. It's, it's my hope that, that I, I've helped influence you to commit to achieve the purpose of Jesus Christ. What you've got to do is you've got to count the cost and pay the price. And don't, don't worry about everybody else. Don't worry what everybody else is doing. Just think about you for just a second. Seek heavenly treasure. Begin to follow Jesus in giving and compassion. Begin to follow Jesus in your priorities. Be committed to achieving the purposes of God and stop fighting the authority. Stop fighting authority and obey the command to follow me. You know, Jesus gives hope. Jesus is a dealer in hope. He's a leader. He's the reason for the hope that's in me. It's my job to tell you that. I'm supposed to give an answer for the reason, for the hope that's in me. And so do you. If you need to repent or you need to put Jesus Christ on in baptism, come right now. As together we stand.